Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Laker Side Chats. For all of those of you who have been living under a rock the past 12 hours or so, a lot of stuff has gone down. I've got recurring guest, great guy, hot takes and shot fix once again. Jabari Davis, welcome to the show again, my man. My man, I appreciate you having me uh, for a little bit of a cathartic podcasting. Yep, I feel like this is exactly what we needed. So not much happened, did it, the past 12 hours or so? Yeah, not so much. You know, uh, you know R.J. Barrett and Zion faced off. Uh, we had some earthquakes out here. Uh, you know, not not much else beyond that, right? The earthquake was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George deciding to go to the Clippers, wasn't it? That's what caused it. It absolutely was. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, man. Let's just get into it. Kawhi Leonard. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look, anybody that anybody that follows me on Twitter or has been interacting with me knows I'm the most unabashed uh, and uh, you know, uh, you know diehard uh, fan of the show The Wire. Kawhi Leonard legitimately is Marlo Stanfield. Like the way this all played out, the you know, going to the finals, obviously winning it, yeah, uh, potentially knocking off. Uh, you know what? What? What was the dynasty? You know, like of the last five years, essentially letting us know that he was going to be leaving. You know, in the in those in those moments after the, after the game, uh, where he said, you know, this is what the Raptors can build upon. Like doing all of that, playing it all out, going taking the meetings, drawing it out on purpose specifically to you know to to, to make more time for the Clippers. Again, Marlo Stanfield. <laughs> Well, I, I just, I always, I don't know, you hear back channels and stuff, especially now that I've got into this a bit more, you hear back channels and stuff like that. Honestly, most people thought he was heading to the Lakers. And it's crazy how he obviously wasn't. Like, if he was talking to Paul George about demanding a trade out of Oklahoma and stuff like that, he was obviously hell-bent on getting to the Clippers and... You know, I, I was one of the people that gave Woj a hard time. Mm-hmm. Woj was spot on this entire time. Congratulations to him. So the thing about that, and I understood why folks were getting all up in arms, because you were hearing not, not just that there was interest you know, with the Lakers, but specifically that he was going there. So, of course, it wasn't that people that most people thought he was going there. Most people wanted him to go to the Lakers that we're, you know, like in the circles that we were, you know, that, that we uh, occupy. I think you just hit it on the head. He never wanted to go to the Lakers, and I know that that's going to be you know be upsetting the you know Lakers fans, and they're going to say like, no, he never Kawhi Leonard never wanted to go to the Lakers because if he did, he never tries to initiate this with Paul George. If he wanted to go to the Lakers, he could have done so. He specifically you know held out in order to not only you know not only leave more time for the Clippers in order to pull this deal off, but also to specifically bleed the free agency market dry for not just you know, like other teams, but in particular, the team that he's going to be, you know, that he's going to be facing, not just in the same town, but in the same building. Again, you may not, you know, as Lakers fans, you know, it, it may hurt to hear all of that. It may sting. It You you may be like, oh, forget this guy, Jabari Davis. Allen, never have him on the show again. But that's the reality here. Um, I don't know whatever, what other conclusions you can take from this. Honestly, I, I've slept it over. And by sleep, I've had about 90 minutes of sleep. <laughs> but when I, I don't know I've never seen anything like this happen in the NBA I think this is a first <laughs> I honestly do uh, well, 
Well, you, not only do you have this taking place in Los Angeles with also piggybacking on what took place with new, with the New York market just last week. Yes, you're right. It's a new day. And, and, and again, as much as if you're a fan of the, you know, like the, the traditionally more popular team in those cities, as much as that might sting, I will also say I'm here for this, you know, for this day of player movement, of player empowerment, of players determining, hey, look, I, you know what? That's great. The Supermax contracting is great. All of these, you know, uh, stipulations that, that, that have been placed on, uh, you know, on contracts and, and uh, geared at keeping guys in, in cities. That's great. We're going to do what we want to do. It didn't. It did. It didn't end up working for the, you know for Lakers fans and for Knicks fans. But I'm here for players being able to you know dictate wh- you know where they want to go. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, just one difference between the Clippers and the Nets. Kyrie was always, I think, headed for the Nets, and I feel like that was pretty obvious. I feel like KD was the one trying to get him to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Moreover, it's a little bit... As much as it hurts not getting Kawhi Leonard, we still have LeBron and Anthony Davis, which helps a hell of a lot. Oh, yes. Yeah, you, you, you're not... Yeah, no. I'm not intimating that, you know, that, that the franchises are in the same exact, you know, uh, situations. It's just... They were, the franchises were both you know, led to believe one thing and you know, only to have the carpet ripped out from underneath them in that situation. But no, no, if you're a Lakers fan, as much as folks are going to you know, want to rag on you, and that's going to happen, man, especially with especially with as much as as folks have been you know, you know, pounding their chest when it looked at you know, when it appeared as though Kawhi Leonard was coming. But if you're a Lakers fan, no, you can you can take all of that and accept all of that and then fall back on the fact that you still have Anthony Davis. You still have LeBron James. Look, I'm sure we're going to you know talk about some of these signings. You know, you, you're putting together a roster. It is an ideal. You're you know you're absolutely scrambling, but it's not the end of the world. You're still going to be right there in the mix. No, and I I don't know. I get this feeling, not based on anything. It's just my own personal speculation, which is I like to make that clear because some journalists like Woj, while he's the best breaker of news out there. He also doesn't really ever like distinguish the difference between when he's reporting his stuff and when he's speculating, uh, which I, which is why I respect Mark Stein a hell of a lot because he always makes it super clear when he has information and when he doesn't. Um, I say that to say this. I feel like LeBron James, this will just make him even more motivated. The fact that you play the guy like that we can talk about you playing the franchise of the Lakers. By all accounts, like LeBron was super into com- like recruiting Kawhi into coming to the Lakers. So with you saying to LeBron one thing and then doing another thing, I feel like that we're not talking about like just a regular top twenty player in the NBA at the moment. We're talking about like arguably the greatest player of all time. You know, like these guys are made out of different. It's a different kettle of fish. Like these guys are, um, these guys are honestly, you know, they'll take it to heart. I don't know what you think about that, but I feel like this will motivate him to work even harder and come back with an even bigger vengeance. He looked LeBron James in the eyes and didn't just lie to him, he deceived him. I hope 
that look LeBron James is going to be motivated regardless you know going out you know as early as he did for the first time in what 11 years or something along those lines uh going out in the, in the embarrassing fashion uh you know the, you know the way they they went out over the course of the season he was going to come back motivated regardless but yes I would have to imagine that getting played and you know having a guy look you in the eye and then play you in your back in what is now your backyard yeah, that if there were ever a need for motivation, I think he's got it. And while I also wanted Kawhi Leonard to be part of the Lakers, I also, I don't know, I like parity. It's way more interesting. I, I feel like the NBA will have an all-time high in ratings because people want to watch. They'll legitimately be interested because right now, because of all these new teams forming and new cores, People have to play together. There won't be that much rest time like there was last year. Because when Kawhi's in the Eastern Conference, Kawhi can sit 22 games. And while I do think he'll sit 15 to 17 games this year, at the same time, like, those 15 to 17 games could be vital. Like, I know it helps them having Paul George now as well. Um, Can I just say, like, Paul George is, like, whoever advises Paul George is arguably, like, the worst advisor of all time. <laughs> Well, okay, so let, let, let's address that. Why do you think so? First, he asked for a trade to the Lakers, which uh -huh. everyone knows. He's even said it. He doesn't get it. He goes to Oklahoma City. He finally gets the chance to go to the Lakers with LeBron James. You don't even take a meeting. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's just bad sense. I, I, if you're going to stay cool... I don't know. I, I see. I don't see the harm in having a meeting to see what someone pitched to you. Like for for all of Kawhi's faults, at least he sat down and had a meeting with the Lakers. You know what I mean? He actually. I, I, I hear you one hundred percent. And and here's the thing: I ask that question not necessarily as a challenge, but just to kind of like have have you talk that through. Here's the deal: Paul George didn't want to come here either, man. Like, look, Paul George was able to get his money and then go back to L.A and didn't have to team up with the pressure of playing, you know, of playing, you know, not just alongside, but not, not just alongside LeBron, but the pressure of being that guy moving forward, you know, with the Lakers. I'm not trying to make this into like, oh, he couldn't handle the pressure type deal. But an honest conversation can be had. Not everybody wants to be in that exact spotlight. He may have wanted to be in Los Angeles, but and, or, or it could. we can also you know, trace this back to he genuinely seemed upset that the Lakers didn't, you know, pull off all, you know, pull out all stops and, and go get him. So I hear what you're saying, but if, if Paul George wanted to be a Laker, he could have been a Laker seemingly several times. And I'm going to circle back to what, you know, the, you know, the point that you made, I'm going to keep it hundred percent real while yes, the parody is great. Yes. I'm in favor of it. You know, obviously, you know, like I'm, I'm an NBA content guy. It's better for me. no, I wanted Kawhi to go to the Lakers. I wanted the Lakers to destroy everybody just the same way that the Voltron in the Bay did for the last five years. I'm not going to front after after the fact. I will appreciate it now, but I'm not going to lie. I wanted it. <laughs> I absolutely wanted it. I, I can't lie ever. I was devastated when I saw it said because I got the notification on my phone and I just saw Los Angeles. So my heart, like, uh -huh. I was like, okay, it's finally happened. You, you know what I mean? Because you, you hear stuff like we just said earlier on. And then I see Clippers, and my whole world breaks. <laughs> we look. I, I feel like we owe it to, to the true hardcore uh, Clippers fans to d at least give them that and be real about that. Now that said, hey, it's squad up. 
<laughs> you know, like you, when you talk about filling out the rest of that roster, I'm going to throw one out there for you. We don't know what's going to take place with Iguodala, but the Lakers have to make sure that they land him if he does hit the market. You do not need the Clippers getting him and being able to put together a defensive front that includes Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Oh, and by the way, we also have a guy named a guy named Iggy. You know, like you know, to throw at you, you know, throw at you guys as well. You need to go ahead and get that done if he if he does hit the market. And Patrick Beverly and Montrez Howard. Exactly. Exactly. That's, That's a scary defensive lineup. It really is. It really, well, really is. Look, the, uh, oh, well, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to it. Go for it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, with Iggy, we'll, get, I feel, we'll talk about Iggy, but just to say this, the fact that Rob Polinka was his agent before he decided to become the general manager of the Lakers, I feel like that will help us because yeah. it's already that relationship set up there. Pete. People, people, people once, hey, look, I'm old enough to remember, and this was only three days ago, people, you know, really banking on, hey, Rob Palenka also played for Steve Fisher, and Steve Fisher has a really good relationship with Kawhi Leonard, yet none of that matters. So I, I get it. I it, It's a good, it's a good storyline, a good narrative, but until I see guys sign on that dotted line, I'm not necessarily taking solace or taking comfort in, in any, any of those types of associations. Oh yeah, I don't trust anything anymore. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. Look, look, what happened to all? What happened to you know what? I, I'm not even you know. Normally I'd be you know say like oh no let, let's let's go high let's you know let's stay above the fray. What happened to all those insiders? What happened to all those you know folks that were sending me constant DMs and text messages and I'm and and you as well you know and and looking for clout all over the timeline because they were guaranteeing. Two different, you know, two different alternatives that absolutely did not take place. What happened to those people? Exactly, it's gone silent. To be fair, my people haven't gone silent. They, they, they automatically like were as confused as the rest of us were, as, <laughs> as the whole of NBA Twitter was, which is crazy. You know, like yeah. at least at least they talked to me about it. Like they didn't just go radio silent, which is good. Like you know. It means that they legitimately told me what they thought was reliable information, but at the same time, like I, is I, I'm just I don't know. I'm at a loss for words with it because like I don't want to be negative because I feel like the Lakers did everything they possibly could to get Kawhi Leonard to come to the Lakers. Oh yeah. I I honestly think they didn't. They couldn't do any more. I don't blame the front office for this whatsoever. Because if you're hearing rumblings about a player wanting to sign for you and them them saying, oh, yeah, he'll sign, or, like, there's a really high possibility that he'll sign, and then you get bamboozled at the last second, like, that's not the front office's fault. (laughs) Yeah, look, it's not the front office's fault, and quite frankly... While there's going to be people that see the results of it and are really dunking, you know, dunking on Lakers fans and dunking on the on the organization and dunking on the you know, on the front office, if there are murmurings and rumors that he is interested in your team, you have to see it. You have to play it out. You have to see it to fruition. So I don't fault them for doing it, but I will. I will also, on the flip side, acknowledge that's the risk. That's the risk of doing that. That's the risk of going for it. You you know agreed. You you cannot fault them for it, but that you know. Admittedly, that is the, that is the big risk when you swing for the fences. If you if you hit it out the park, incredible. If you, you know, if you fall on your face, hey, you got to find a way to pick yourself up. And good segue there. As soon as that broke, about ten minutes or so, we've seen about ten minutes. Might have been an hour. 
that the timeline was flowing really quickly at that point. We got word that Danny Green was signing. And I don't know what you think about Danny Green. I'm really happy with that signing. I, I think he's fantastic. I feel like he's a player that will suit LeBron James really well. I don't know about you. Yeah, of course. There's familiarity there. They've played, you know, they played alongside one another. He's obviously got all, you know, early earlier in Danny Green's career. Uh, he's obviously got a ton of, you know, a ton of, you know, playoff and finals experience. Uh, it, it was a big number, but you, to be honest with you, once he didn't get Kawhi, it made sense. Uh, it, it's only two years. It makes a great deal of sense to me. And it's for a player of Danny Green's caliber, like Reggie Bullock got 11 million a year. Yep. Trevor Ariza got 13. Rudy Gay got 16. 15 per seems right, just about right. Like, I would have, would I have preferred that the Lakers paying 10 million? Yeah. But at the same time, would I rather him go to Dallas and we save like 5 million in cap space? No, not really. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. like, I'd rather no, have Danny Green. You're exactly right. That's the going rate. You know, no matter what, with all of the signings, you're going to have overreactions because everybody, you know, is, you know, again, ready to dunk home on fans that were, you know, already counting the rings, already counting like, hey, we're about to, you know, you know quote unquote, we're going to go and we're, we're going to pass the Celtics, this, that, and the other. So I get it. But no, th- that signing makes sense. Um, you know, the, 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 the JaVale one may have been a bit of an overpay, but if you were comfortable with him, the, you know, there, there's continuity there. Uh, you know, I understand it. Uh, you know, in in terms of the money that they've offered out, you know, it, it all makes sense. Like, I, I don't know. Would I have liked Javel at the minimum? Yeah, because it's yep. what two point one million or something, two point six, I think. But at the same time, it's four million dollars. Like, for a starting level center in the NBA, four million dollars is not a lot. Like, exactly. like Dwayne Dedman got like thirteen or fourteen a year. You know, so we did get a good deal there. You know, so I can't really complain about Javale, and I, I like I like Javale. We talked about Javale in the prep in the past. Mm-hmm. I I was high on him coming back on the team because I always thought that he fit well with LeBron. Really good rim protector, works hard, runs the floor really well, and he does seem like I know he seems to have like some faults that people try to point out, but he does seem like a high character guy. Yeah, look, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash Javale. Uh, he's limited in what he can do, but the things that he does well are what the Lakers are going to need from him. He had that one stretch last year, and it really seemed like it took him at, took it out of him, uh, where he was you know not just battling the pneumonia, but even afterwards for a good month, it, it, it just seemed like he just he wasn't quite there. Uh, I'm happy for him. I, I don't think it's a bad signing. I you know, uh, p- you know people can complain about the money all they'd like, but again, you know, as you mentioned, all those other centers out there, you know, they're, they're actually signing for a heck of a lot more. And it isn't like you know, it isn't like Javale is the worst option out there. Like if I don't know if if we signed Costas Kufus to that, I'd be like, okay, that that's a bit of a stretch. But like. I like Javale, and he's limited, yes, sure. But at the same time, it works. The Lakers seem to like him. There's a familiarity there already. LeBron seems to like him as well, which helps. Like, I know people go, you know, you're giving your your franchise up to LeBron. Like, that's what happens when you sign LeBron James. Like, do you think that the Bulls weren't Jordan's franchise? Like, were we not Kobe's franchise? This is what happens when you have superstars. (laughs) Like... 
Yeah, look, people are going to people are always going to look for ways to complain or look for something to be outraged over or look for something to be disappointed by. If you have an all time great or just your franchise guy, of course, the of course, the front office or the franchise is going to lean in their direction. Of course, no, you don't want them to just completely hand the you know, hand the keys off and just say, you know, you'll lock up. And you're done. But a lot of different you know admissions and, you know, you know things are going to be accepted and, and, and things are going to be. Uh, adjustments are going to be made anytime that anytime you have these circumstances. So no, that I, I I think a lot of that criticism is is silly and and, and pretty unfounded. And we also signed KCP as well to two years, sixteen million dollars. And what I'm very I'm very meh on KCP. I don't mind it, but at the same time, I don't know. Eight, that's another $8 million you're going to spend on other players. But at the same time, the market's very dry at the moment. So it's like, who else could you spend it on that you know is as good as KCP right now? You know what I mean? Yes. And and here's the deal, though. that you, When you're the Lakers, you have multiple you have multiple spots that you still need to address. And as long as this deal doesn't preclude, doesn't you know, uh, you know, uh, stop you from getting Marcus Morris and, or you know uh, uh, another viable option, you know, in that mix, I'm fine with it. But if you, you know, if you lost out on Marcus Morris or you lost out on continuing to solidify this roster, and it was in favor of KCP at eight million a year, I got to be honest with you that that will probably be the one signing that I look at and I say, hey, come on, what were you doing there? I get it. I I know it, it, at least it appears that they're trying to keep him at a at a certain number that ultimately. If they're in a position where you know, like down the stretch, a guy like Bradley Beal or somebody else is available on the market in the second half of the year, they can potentially, and people are not going to like this, potentially package up a Kuz and a KCP, you know, cap number and 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 whatever else you have to do in order to you know be in that conversation. That's probably what that you know what that you know that contract is all about. But in the meantime, again, if it if it if it if you can't go out and continue to fill out the rest of this roster as a result of it, I got to be honest with you, I'm a little bit disappointed. No, I agree. And what helps is KCP and Marcus Morris both being clutch clients. Yes. And there's been a lot of noise about Marcus Morris signing for the Lakers anyway. So I feel like if Marcus Morris is legitimately an option for the Lakers and LeBron wants him on the team and the front office want him in the franchise as well, I feel like that'll get done and I feel like they'll make the fr- the, the finances work and so that that will happen. I don't know about you, but that's just a feeling I get with that as well. I think it will. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I think it will, but hey, the last 12 to 24 to 96 hours, let's just say, have taught me to stop thinking. <laughs> stop, stop thinking. I stop thinking. I, you know, you know, oh, what makes sense to me is this. Well, that and you know, the the basketball universe says that's cute. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Logic does not work. <laughs> and then, just maybe about an hour or so ago, we got Quinn Cook signing for a two-year, six million dollar deal. I love that deal. Thank yeah, look, people are going to also poo-poo that one. Quinn Cook. Much like you know, much like Dan, you know Troy Daniels, he's a shooter, and that's primarily what you're going to get. If you're expecting him to be a defender, that's not there. If you're expecting him to be a consistent, um, uh, you know, offensive threat beyond that, you know, a playmaker, that's probably not going to take place. There, there'll be spots where they can do things like that, but that's not it. 
But the one thing that the, you know, the biggest question that we had and the biggest gripe that most of us had, you know, with last year's roster that they is that they didn't have legitimate shooters. All of a sudden, this roster does have that. You know, defend defensively. I guess they're. I guess they say they they say they're going to figure it out as they go along. But when you add into the mix a Quinn Cook, you know, a Daniels, Danny Green, Jared Dudley, whom I'm sure you were going you were going to mention as well. All of a sudden, you you know, you're starting to put pieces around these guys that can actually you know that can actually be functional out there, and I can appreciate that. No, absolutely, and Quinn Cook as well as being a great shooter, which you can't deny he's a fantastic shooter. He's good off the pick and roll as well. And he's not great, but he's good off the pick and roll, Mm -hmm. which will help a lot, especially with JaVale. We've seen how good AD is off the pick and roll as well. It's not the elite point guard that we need, but if he's going to come in and give you 20 minutes a night and he's going to be a starting point guard and you got him and Caruso there, or maybe you had another uh, vet, in free agency, hopefully not Rajon Rondo, but, you know, maybe like a Trey Burke or someone, and you split the minutes three ways between those three guys, you can live with it. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I like Quinn Cook. Absolutely. Um, and it, it's funny that you mentioned Burke. Uh, look, I know that Rondo is the bigger name. I know, And I saw it on my timeline, you know, I, from the results of last night and even through this morning, you know, folks already advocating for him and talking about, oh, you know, oh, that that connection that he had with AD. Look, we're not going to talk about a, a playoff run that was, you know, relatively short lived two years ago. We're not going to talk about that. We all saw Rajon Rondo, Rajon Rondo, excuse me, last year. We saw him down the stretch. We saw what that looked like. Uh, Rajon Rondo is no longer a, you know, a, a, what I would consider a rotation guard. He's a guy that, hey, if you add him to the mix as like a third guard on a team that's already set, okay, I guess I could see that like on a minimum contract. But if you're talking about paying him anything, you know, near what they paid him last year, and quite frankly, like if I'm the Lakers, I, I, I go ahead and I move forward. I agree with you. I think the combination of Cook, Caruso, and maybe another guy like a Burke is a better option. Maybe even Avery Bradley. Exactly. I like Bradley a lot. Yeah, look, Bradley's not coming off a good stretch. You know, he 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 looked rough. You know, at at, at last you know, at last sight. But I would again, you know, due to the age, I'd I'd still if it's a veteran minimum contract, I would I also would take him over Rondo. You know, moving forward. No, absolutely. And I was going to get on to Jared Dudley and Troy Daniels. Those are two signings I really really like, especially Jared Dudley. Seems like a great guy, first of all. Really good player. Really smart as well. Dudley brings all types of intangibles that, unless you're a fan of the team that he plays for, you're probably not going to acknowledge. Even if you see it, you're probably not going to acknowledge because, you know, he's a guy that will mix it up. He's a guy that will get in there and, you know, you know put his nose directly in your face regardless of, you know, where you stand. Um, you know, and and he's a guy that, and he's a guy that just knows how to play basketball. Uh, he, it, it's not, you know, he's not a star by any stretch. He's not, you know, and he would admit that, it, you know, he, he and even at, and at this age, you're not expecting him to put up, you know, you know, you know, put up incredible numbers for large stretches. But he's a guy that you can put in, you know, put in situationally that can get it done for you on both ends of the court. And one thing I do want to say about Jared Dudley is. As a rotational guy, he was really important to Brooklyn last year, being as good as they were. Yep. Like, he was one of the main reasons why Kyrie Irving would think about going to Brooklyn, because they showed stability in that franchise. And that was a huge part down to Jared Dudley. That's why they wanted him back. 
he's actually a locker room guy, whereas the guys they brought in last year that you know that that they say like, oh yeah, their locker room presences simply because they've been in the league for a long time. Uh, you know, he he's actually what they were talking about last year. No, absolutely. Um, Danny Green is another one as well. Seems like a great dude, great locker room presence yep. as well. Seems like a real leader, and it's a complete 180 from what we did last year. Yeah, no, again, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I don't want to rehash it or, you know, you know, bring up any sore subjects for, you know, for anybody out there, especially given what has just taken place, uh, you know, over the last stretch. But yeah, last year's, you know, last year's roster made no sense whatsoever. At, at the very least, this year's roster, you know, whether it's the names you anticipated speaking generally, you know, that we all anticipated or not, it at least makes sense. Definitely, definitely makes a lot of sense, you know. Is there any names that you could see adding to the Lakers in the next couple of days or hours or so? I really, honestly, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to, you know, you know Morris, you know, signing on. Uh, the Bradley situation is intriguing to me. Now I'm drawing a blank because I'm probably, yeah, I've probably had about, 15 hours of sleep over the last four days. <laughs> um, and, and, and I know that I'm not in the minority there. I, you know, you know, we, you know, we spoke before the show and you, and, and you're working on something of the, you know, something similar. Um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, right now, my, you know, like I said, my mind's drawn kind of a blank in terms of, you know, some of the other names that are out there, but of the guys that we know of, it would not shock me to see Morris, you know, locked up here at some point this weekend. I think Marcus Morris will sign. I think Cal Corver will sign. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, uh, J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith. If he if he winds up getting bought out and he's on he's on the market, it would surprise me to not see him with the Lakers. Yep. At this point, I'd be surprised if Demarcus Cousins doesn't end up on the Lakers. But as a flyer, as a veteran minimum, as a reclamation project type, I with the, the talent that Boogie has, I know we showed something else last year, and the Achilles injury didn't help. But like as a veteran minimum, if you can get Boogie back to even being eighty percent of the player he was, that's a starting caliber center. That's a really good starting caliber center in the NBA. I don't know what you think about that. I do think he, I do think he can be, and I'm going to be honest with you. Boogie's one of those that, yeah, you know, like to be honest, I, I won't go completely into it because that could be a, a, a thirty minute conversation in itself. Boogie's one of those cautionary tales that I just feel sorry for. So I hope to see him land on his feet. I'm not being funny about that. I, I hope to see him land well. If it ends up being with the Lakers, that might worry me because you know then I would you know even though Morris uh, is a four or five, it, it might make me think it, it might uh, lead me to believe that they're you know that they're not going in that direction and he's going to take a, a you know whatever the biggest possible deal that you know that's out there. Uh, but no, you know I, I'm not going to sneeze at the idea of Boogie, especially on a on a vet minimum's contract. It's just one of those where I wish I wish there were better options out there for him personally. Which is just dancing with the devil. It's the yep. best way to describe it. We went for Kawhi, we got burnt. <laughs> it happens. It happens. It was, not, it was not the podcast I was expecting to make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I agree, when I agree to you know to to, cut, to to pod with you right after the Kawhi decision, I can certainly say that's not, this isn't the conversation I thought we were going to be having either. <laughs> It's a bit, a bit of a shorter episode than usual. Like you said, I feel like we just need to kafart. Mm -hmm. Just give yourself a shout out on Twitter once more where the people can find you. 
as I always do before I do that, thank you again for having me. Always good to talk to you. I feel better about it than I did, you know, leading in. So I appreciate it. Last night, you knew I, you know, I was a little bit ornery and, and not feeling like talking. So I do I appreciate your patience with me on that in that regard as well. Uh, Jabari Davis NBA on Twitter. Um, as Alan mentioned earlier, you know, hot takes and shot fakes podcast uh, for Hoop Mag uh, with you know with my guy Josh and. Uh, Hopefully again on this show later on down the summer, or later on down the pike. Definitely later on down the summer. Uh, it's, let's try and end on a positive note. We're still a title contender. Yes, absolutely. Like, Daddy Green's fantastic. I like JaVale. Uh, Quinn Cook's going to be a good player. I love Alex Caruso still. And one shout I do want to give before we end is to Zach Novell in the summer league. That dude looks like a legit shooter, a legit player. And kudos to the to the scouting system once more for finding a player like that undrafted. You know? 100%, 100% great call, and you're exactly right. You know, there's plenty to be disappointed over, over uh, but there's also plenty to be you know optimistic for as well as appreciative of. And that's one area that the, that the, uh, the organization has been great in is scouting as well as, you know, player development. So I'm interested in seeing Norvell at this at this level uh, moving forward. I'm also interested, hoping that we can get you know a relatively healthy uh, THT by the time we get in, you know, we start talking about camp and whatnot. I, I feel like I feel like they're being as cautious as possible with him, which I don't blame him for being, because I, I he's 18 years old. Like, just be cautious with him. He's got time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Especially- I'm 100 on board with that. Especially if you do sign people like a Marcus Morris, like Cal Corvers or Igadalas or any one of that ilk, you can give the kid time to actually recuperate. So I'm all on board with the Lakers being as cautious as possible on an 18-year-old, you know. Absolutely. Once again, man, thank you for coming on. Thank you for the listeners to listening to this cathartic cathartic activity that we call a podcast. (laughs) If you can, please leave me a rating on iTunes. Leave feedback on Twitter. We're more than happy to talk hoops, especially, you know, after all this craziness has happened. Like, I would love to be able to talk about, like, Jimmy Butler going to Miami and stuff, but, like, this just super, it just exceeded everything. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Take care.